1: uscho.com. Welcome to USCHO Edge for Friday, October 20th, 2023. I'm Ed Trefsker alongside Jim Connolly and Dan Rubin. Each week, we talk about five games and what the odds makers think about them. If you're into betting, maybe we give you an edge. If you're not into betting, we hope you'll listen anyway and find out What kind of things go into uh, picking favorites and maybe digging out some interesting tidbits about the games you're going to watch? Well, guys, I want to start out with this one, which is perplexing to me. Maybe not whose favorite, but how wide the spread is here. Boston University, plus 165. They're the uh, underdog at Notre Dame, which is a minus 215. Over under is 5.5. Now, I know both of them are sort of limping into this weekend. Boston University uh, got spanked by UNH last weekend, six to four. Notre Dame got shut out at RIT in their homecoming. They come into this one and two. But why those uh, numbers? Why is Notre Dame so heavily favored?
2: I, I think I'll try to answer this and, uh, and try to be succinct. People from Notre Dame gamble. And that's that's as simple as it is. People bet on Notre Dame. So whether they're the favorite or the underdog, they're always going going in in the sports books minds. They're going to take money and they're going to take more money than Boston University was. So if you were to make them say the the, the right number, which is probably minus one twenty five or minus one thirty and Boston University should be probably minus one ten. If you do that and Notre Dame happens to win with a ton of people betting on them maybe 80% 85% of the overall action betting on them the books would lose huge so you put this minus 215 number which if you listen to us a little bit and i'm not trying to say that Notre Dame is going to lose or Boston University is going to win but you should know that Boston University at plus 165 this might be the only time this year unless BU goes on a really bad, horrible skid, this might be the only time you see Boston university plus plus one sixty-five all season. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to win this game. We don't know. It's very difficult to call. I think when you really flip, you know, look at this, it's probably a flip, a coin flip as to which team should win. But if you're going to get, if you're going to tell me that I can bet something that's a coin flip, so that should be, you know, even money minus 100, plus 100, however you want to say it. And I'm going to get plus 165. I am betting BU every day, all day. I take them in this matchup no matter what. Um, I think there's an overreaction to the loss they had at UNH. And then there's a, a, an overreaction to the fact that they lost an exhibition game where you're playing six lines worth of players against the U.S. National Team Development Program. I, I, I think this is one where BU is grossly undervalued here.
3: I'm going to take this a step further and and I'm going to say that even if, if we're going to talk about the amount of action that's going to come in on a team like a Notre Dame under that pretense, even if the the line is trying to make it enticing is that it doesn't necessarily mean even that the line, I don't know where it started. But I don't think I, if it didn't start at, at minus two fifteen, is that the amount of action on Notre Dame early in the week, based on whenever the odds dropped or whenever the line dropped, means that Notre Dame's number is going to push to try and entice more action on Boston University. So as the bets kind of roll in, and and this is where if you you'll see beginning of the week in football or basketball in the NFL, the NBA, whatever it is, you'll see teams with the money line where at the beginning of the week or a couple of days before. Uh, you'll have a team that has odds that then start shifting and the line will start shifting in, in, in the NFL in particular, because they play once a week. And as the week kind of goes on, if there is a real confidence factor in the betting, the line is going to continue to drift to try and entice more action on the other side of it. Now, college hockey, I mean, not being the, the big, Uh, you know, NFL type betting, you, you, you might see more of a line move because like you said, Notre Dame fans, Notre Dame supporters might want to hammer some of that money down on, on Notre Dame just to, just to bet their buddies and and say, or bet their, you know, or, or bet their, their favorite team. We want to get, you know, the emotional part of it. And and for that reason, I think the line may be moved, but you're right. I mean, I don't know that BU is going to win this game, but I think if I look at it last week, they were the number one team in the nation. And now all of a sudden they're a plus one sixty five. That's absurd. Which means the Vegas knows something, or or something. I don't know. This is where I come back to my Vegas no, is never wrong. No, but no, you no. don't. And I'm just, still. Is,
2: it's laziness on the sportsbooks part yeah. right now. That this is just people saying, "Hey, Notre Dame takes a ton of action. They're going to take a ton of action.
3: Let's try to get people to bet on BU. That's all they're trying to do here. Over over under for me too. Just seems wrong at five and a half. I mean the. The mm-hmm. I, I mean, it just seems it seems like we're get we might hit the over halfway through the second period. Well, uh, you,
2: you think that and BU had a game where they were, had six goals total in the first period last Friday, but Notre Dame three goals total in their entire game last uh, Saturday. I think right right Ed, it was Saturday. I mean, like it, that. Th- this is that over under of five point five. Kind of is one that I sit there and say I might I wouldn't touch it because you could get easily six goals in the first period, but you could also see a two, one game late with an empty net or it's three, one. And that's the final.
3: That's fair. I, I, I do think in that, and I've seen BU and I know I've, I've talked about BU over the first couple of weeks as saying there is, and I think I might've said it last week here. There's something that I just don't like about the way BU is playing in the back right now in, in defense or in, you know, the defense and goaltending playing together. And so I think that there's, there's a problem there. Now, Notre Dame, I think is a very good defensive style team. They, they are, they are strong, usually coming out of the back, but there's going to be a big difference in, and please don't reach through the computer and slap me upside the head as a fellow Atlanta hockey guy. There's going to be a big difference between playing BU's offense and playing RIT's offense. I think RIT attacking wise is good. I think BU has the p- possibility that if you open it up and turn this into a track meet, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of goals here. I I really do think five and a half is uh, is is too low of a number here.
1: I think if the game does open up a bit, you have, a tremendous advantage defensively for Notre Dame. I think Ryan Bischel's three goals on Saturday was an anomaly. He was the only uh, unanimous choice for the preseason Big Ten team. Uh, He's a terrific goaltender. Meanwhile, BU is still trying to sort things out in that. But the thing that really gets me about this matchup, particularly on Friday, which is the game we're talking about, is both of those teams come in to Compton Family Ice Arena as a wounded animal. BU is not off to the start. They wanted, uh, Notre Dame had a a decent split with Clarkson. Maybe, uh, took the game a little lightly on Saturday. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It did not. But, but let me say this also, if you look at the stats from that game, um, you think that, that Notre Dame should have done better. They shouldn't have gone over a bazillion on the power play. Um, they should have had a little better uh, penalty kill. There, there are a few things that just seemed a little off. Maybe it was just the atmosphere or something. Um, it, it's going to be a ferocious game on Friday. And whoever doesn't prevail on Friday is going to be just absolutely relentless on Saturday. But uh, yeah, this is not the game that the odds say. This is a slight favor to be you, but. Uh, uh, Boy, if, if, even with a slight favorite there, I, w- I would be leaning Notre Dame in this one.
3: It's too bad we can't, like, throw down an anytime cross-check or something like that. Like, as a prop bet, like, just pick a, yeah, I'll give me a first period anytime cross-check. There we go. These two teams going to go nuts in the, in the first game. And they don't They don't call cross-checks enough these days. No, they really don't.
1: You know, there's a lot of this little boom, 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 boom. And, you know, it, all the time. It doesn't get called enough. It's, I it's, know. Even when
2: it is a cross-check, too many times it's hitting from behind. So I, I, I would take the anti on that, on that
1: bet any day. Well, in any case, um, is this one, I guess from what you're saying, Jim, you're not going to get a big plus for BU any other time this season unless they completely collapse. They, so if and- you want to throw money on this one, BU is where to go.
2: If they start the season 0 and 5, maybe you'll get a number like this again. You're not going to get this. Uh, and I don't even know why you have it this weekend. I, I think it is the laziest of of bookmakers at this point in the year.
3: Um, but this is, that's a lot of value on one team. And maybe not the craziest one we have either. We'll see. We'll see.
1: <laughs> well, the next one on our list is UMass crazy. Crazy. And- <laughs> UMass minus one sixty six. They're getting into some uh, very specific numbers. At Minnesota State, a plus one thirty. The over under is five and a half. I want to ask this question right off the bat. Given what we saw last weekend, is everybody underestimating Minnesota State?
2: Heck yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and even more, maybe you we're overestimating UMass. I mean, they 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 played a. A decent game against AIC. I called that game and I'm not going to say they played poorly, but they had a a pretty hefty lead and almost blew that one. And then they played five out of six pretty bad periods against Michigan. I'm not going to, that's not fair. I'm going to say that Michigan played five out of six good periods against them and then played a stinker of a third period. UMass took full advantage, scored six goals on Saturday night in the third period. And ended up pulling out a a split out of that series and made it look like that, you know, it was kind of an even series. I don't think it was. I think it was kind of a, you know, a series that probably favored Michigan a little bit. Um, I watched that second game and uh, UMass, I didn't think, looked good for two periods. And then suddenly there was space. There was time. Uh, I don't know what happened in Michigan in terms of the way they stepped up. But I also thought that UMass found a jump in the third period. Can they do that on the road at Minnesota state? Maybe uh, this is a Minnesota state team. I think it was two years ago when, when UMass was the defending national champions came in and at least beat them once, maybe, maybe swept them. I don't remember that off the top of my head, but they handled UMass pretty well at home. And now this is the payback series to go back to, to Mankato. And here, uh, here we have you know this, this weekend series, but I look at the way I look at, you know, Minnesota state right now is people just thought they weren't going to be good. And maybe for good reason, you lost your head coach. You lost a ton of players to the portal that went with your head coach to Wisconsin. Um, But I am very impressed by what Luke strand has done there. Um, Obviously last weekend, a couple of wins coming out on top when, when people really counted them out, I mean, how do you do that again against UMass and make them a plus 130? Um, I know it's not the same thing as a plus 165 at Boston University, but I honestly think that at home, Minnesota State should probably be at least a favorite, if not a little bit of a heavy favorite uh, because of the fact that they perform well. I'm
3: going gonna, I'm gonna to take it a step further and just outright insult the bookmakers, um, which is that they've heard of UMass and I don't think Minnesota State if we're talking about the, about lazy lines and UMass comes off a split against Michigan, there you go. That's in Minnesota state. Didn't now we're talking about underregarded, regarded under utilized under publicized, even, you know, it's, it boils down to known commodities to me and UMass early in the year with a big win, regardless of looking within the numbers at it, comes out of a split with a, with a top ranked Michigan team. And you know, the, the fact that they have the the win earlier in the year kind of just makes me feel like it was, Oh, so you saw UMass was pretty good. And, and, and you're just going to pick UMass at that point and give them good odds. It's like, who is Minnesota state, Minnesota state, their coach coaches gone. yeah, it blank done. And to me, that's almost an insult to a college hockey audience's intelligence, which is, if you know anything about Minnesota State? You know anything about Mankato? It's a really hard place to go. It's a hard place to get to. It's not. It's not like going to the Twin Cities, and it's a really uh, dedicated it's an hour bus ride. Come on, let's. let's go. So that, yeah, but you still, but you still. Ball. It's not like. Yeah, it's not. It's not that bad. But I mean, we're, you know, we're not it's, going to Inter- International Falls here.
2: We're going to Mankato. No.
3: <laughs> but I mean, you're you're dealing with a smaller town. That like a smaller building. It's it's just not, it's not the gophers. And so Minnesota state so kind of like still loses that living in the shadow. Even though if you look at the last few years, Minnesota state's done a lot in Mankato to build up what is an incredible place to watch a game. And to me going out there on a Friday with a little bit of shock value, uh, you know, maybe UMass comes back and wins on Saturday, but I just, I, I, as an underdog, I I just, everyone knows I love Mankato in general, but Minnesota state right now, I I just, I, I, this is insane. This is absurd to me that these are the first two games that we're talking about.
2: At this point though, I, I, I don't mean to discredit UMass. I just think that at home, Mankato should be a favorite. Um, Almost anytime they play this year, they're going to be a good team. Make them the favorite home. Uh, I, I love it. I mean, this is the opportunity. Again, I say I, I make my money off cricket, not off hockey. Um, but this is this is one. If you're betting, uh, I love like a little parlay between BU and Minnesota State this weekend. Bet them both on Friday. Make a really good payday.
1: We're going to take a pause. Come back with three more games. You're listening to USCHO Edge. Continuing now with USCHO Edge, Ohio State is a plus one hundred and forty at Michigan, a minus one hundred and eighty. The over under is a lofty six and a half on this one.
2: Out of mind, I think that I think this is a really well set line. Um, Michigan should be the favorite. Ohio State should be the underdog. Maybe uh, one hundred and eighty. I wouldn't touch Michigan at one hundred and eighty. That's too high. Um, over under six and a half, probably. Yeah, maybe maybe it gets down and that, that's a better under to bet, but. I would touch this game. This, but this, this is so. As much as we have made fun of the books for missing on the first two that we that we talked about here, BU, Notre Dame, uh, UMass, and Minnesota State, they nailed this one. Uh, this is one I would stay away from as a better because it's it's two perfectly set of lines, both of them. Yeah, this
3: is this is this is no longer insulting my intelligence. Um, Ohio State and Michigan <laughs>
2: which is pretty hard to do I mean which is it's, I it's mean there's not a whole lot of intelligence
3: to itself yeah. uh, I, I, listen if it if it boils down to loading or unloading a dishwasher, I know I'm an idiot. I'm told that on a regular basis. Uh, but the you know, I like that this is at Michigan too. that's part of the reason why I like Michigan. I don't think there's a whole lot of value in betting the scheme at all. Uh, I, I think that this is just this is just one of those times too where, based on what's happened the first two weekends for Michigan where they they split with Providence and split with UMass i really feel like they need uh, some some good energy here like some good and and it, it, everything's kind of trending towards what we might know about Michigan and i understand that you know that they're, they're not the same team that went to the frozen four last year but you know when you look at the program and you look at what they did last year coming out splitting the first two weekends doesn't feel quite like what they should have done as opposed to ohio state which picked up two wins and hasn't and this is going to be the first real trial by fire for them i mean, mercyhurst is an atlantic hockey team big 10 teams should win those games early in the season uh lindenwood is a is is a series that ohio state should have won though you know technically that second game was a uh was a two to two tie and i have no idea who won the shootout if they did a shootout i don't I, the, didn't never really paid attention to that part, to be honest. Uh, but coming out, this feels like Ohio state's going to get, going to get burned a little bit. Having, having to go to Michigan, step up their game. And, and Michigan has, has a little bit more battle wounds right now.
1: So uh, both of you, I guess it's stay away from it. Stay away from this one.
3: I, I, I don't touch this one. Yeah. No, wouldn't
1: touch just, this with just, 10
3: foot pole. No value, no value. And I wouldn't touch this with your, with your betting wallet of monopoly money. Well, there you go. I would with Jimmy's because
1: he's, he's been doing you know, well. on J- I know Jimmy's so, just going to double it uh, yeah. in cricket.
3: Yeah. <laughs> he's got cricket to backstop yep. it.
1: Well, let, let's turn to the next one. Denver a minus 200 at Providence uh, plus 154 over under is six. I understand why Denver is the favorite, but is it really that wide a spread in that game?
2: Maybe not, especially Providence at home. Uh, we'll go into the Dan Rubin school of home underdogs, maybe a little bit here. I, 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 I don't love betting Providence here, but if I had to take a team here, it would probably be Providence. Um, what get making that potential money. 154. Um, I, they're, they're a good home ice team for the most part, but listen, Denver's a good team overall. Um, So I, I don't know what to expect from this series. Providence, you know, they impressed uh with their split against Michigan to start the season. You know, I'm not taking anything out of last weekend for Providence. Uh no learning experience there. Um over under six. Eh, yeah, whatever. I guess they can get there. I, I don't expect either of these teams to just knock it out of the park goaltending or defense wise. Um, I'd go over there. I wouldn't touch the series again. Um, if you did, you got to go Providence and, and take the, take the edge, the, the, the plus 54 that you're getting, uh, in the, in the, the line. But yeah, I just I, again, this is another one where, you know, as much as we made fun of them for, for how badly they did and we'll, we'll get to the next one, the last game. And maybe there's some edge to be made in game five, but you know, games three and four here that we've listed out Ohio state, Michigan, Denver, and Providence. I don't see a lot of edge here.
3: You know why, you know why I'm picking Providence here? And this has nothing to do with the home underdog though, though that kind of plays into it because absolutely nobody is talking about the games on Friday for Denver right now, the game on Friday, everyone is talking about the game on Saturday, Denver, Boston college, Denver, Boston college, Denver, Boston college. That's all. That's all I've heard in Massachusetts is Denver, Boston college. It's Saturday night. Here comes Denver. It's BC's time to be back, which is exactly why RPI. It's going to beat BC on Friday and Providence is going to be Denver on, on Friday because the sports gods want to remind you that they still have to play those games on Friday. So I am, I'm not saying it to be spiteful. I, I was one of the voters who went with BC number one when, when there was me and someone else last week, when, after the first week into the season, I, I think BC is the best team in the country right now. Uh, but everyone is talking about Denver, Boston college, Providence is too good a team to overlook that with. And, and for that reason, uh, you know, that just, it just feels like, I don't think, I don't think Denver is going to get caught up in that. I don't think BC is going to get caught up in that, but if you were to not with those coaching staffs and not with those players, and but neither, it just feels neither like team, neither team knows enough to care. Here, right. they exactly not, you know, like
2: they're, they're young. They're, they're not coming off national championships last year. I mean, I know Denver's not that far removed. I get it, but like you're really just not there that you're thinking about that at this point in the year. I, I think that the the game in front of both of them, the RPI and the Providence game, you know, it just means to too
3: much MVP, to them. Right now.
2: Yeah, I think it does. I think it really does. And I think both of those
3: teams can take care of business on Friday night. I do. I do think Providence is going to win. I do think, and, and I, and I'm pretty confident in saying that because I think Providence is better than a lot of people are giving them credit for, but, I I also think that you know that's it's just one of those things where every time everyone gets hung up on a game on Saturday the game one of those games on Friday goes off the rails.
2: And I will say that Providence at home yeah is a usually a pretty good team. They've pulled off some big upsets at, at home in their building. They they are usually a pretty
3: good team especially in non-league play. That means double your pizza money and get a and get an extra large over at Caserta when you're done.
1: So, so Dan, do you think the fact that you live in Massachusetts may have something to do with them talking about Saturday's game? Do you think if you took a trip down I ninety five, you might hear them talking about Providence in Denver? No, they won't talk about no. it at all.
3: No, because <laughs> no, no, the Providence media market got rolled up into the Boston media yeah, market.
1: Yeah, and days, some so. of the best no. writers got you discharged. Know. So, yeah, you're right. Got this. Yeah, uh,
2: Providence media is talking about the how bad the Patriots are, just like Boston. There's no way that anybody's worried about Mark Diver, who's one of the best writers down there might be the only person in Rhode Island that even knows that game's being played.
1: Well, let's move on to the last one on the list. And this is an interesting one, uh, a renewal of a rivalry, Minnesota minus minus one forty-five heads into a plus plus one fourteen Denver. The over under is six. They're going to be in a sold out Engelstad arena with 95% of the fans wearing fighting suit jerseys, maybe a handful with fighting Hawks and a few time worn and no longer fitting Holy Cross sweaters in the crowd.
2: I believe that will be the case. And I, I think that's great. I know that Dan, you said that Denver Boston college is the game of the weekend. This to me is the game that I'm the series. I'm most looking forward to, um, great hockey between these two teams. They've played it for so long, I believe, uh, according to, I think it was John Butch Gross today, uh, said, of all the rivals out there, Michigan, Michigan State, having played the most times, and that was in the three forty-three, fifty range. This is the fifth most often played rivalry. I think they were around three hundred four, three hundred five. I don't, I don't have the number right, right in front of me. Um, the one thing I'll say about this series, and and this was probably, and the line might have changed since we uh, we sent this out. We put these li- lines out on Thursday, so that was about four o'clock yesterday. A lot of information about Minnesota has come out. It sounds like they're miss—they're going to be missing a few top guns. Uh, I don't have the list in front of me of who, but they're going to be missing players. And if you're going into any uh, rivalry game, missing some of your top players, missing anybody for that matter, and I—my I, recollection was four players are questionable for this game. That's big. Going on the road to do that, that's even bigger. And going onto the road as a favorite, minus 145, opens my eyes a little. I love North Dakota. If you can get North Dakota anywhere around plus 114 as we had it uh on this one, great value. Um, the reality is is this is one of those games that North Dakota at home should be able to win because of the advantage if there are some injuries. And if Minnesota's lineup is more intact than I thought. You know, maybe you have to wait, you know, till almost warm up time on, on Friday night to bet this one. But if you're into this, you're betting it. Like I would, I'd be very uh, attentive to people like Jess Myers, um, who covers Minnesota regularly. Look at his Twitter account, see what the injuries are, see who's in the lineup, not in the lineup on Friday night. That is going to be critical uh, to this, this game. And maybe even this whole series. And if you can get North Dakota with that value plus one fourteen, boom, grab it.
3: I think the key, really, for this is just going to be who scores first and if it happens early. And for me, look, I I think North Dakota as a home underdog early in a season when we're, when North Dakota's looking like it's got some mojo under it is uh, is a dangerous is a dangerous hockey team. Now there there were times over the last couple of years, I want to say maybe two years ago, more specifically, or, or last year, where I I sat here and I said, uh, you know, North Dakota doesn't seem like they're North Dakota. And, and I remember I joked and I said, um, there's a whole lot of North Dakota fans that have just shut off the podcast. And Jimmy, you're the one who said, no, they're sitting there going, no, you're absolutely right. Like they just didn't look like the same North Dakota team that we would expect. And I think this weekend having the opportunity to play Minnesota at home gives number them one, an opportunity. Number
2: 1 Minnesota too.
3: Number me. 1 Minnesota, that's right. Two top 5 teams. It's going to be really hard to go into that game without emotion if you're North Dakota because you know you have a chance to to gain the standing back that, that that program really lost. And when I say that tarnishes North Dakota's reputation, what we expect out of North Dakota, this is this is their series to win. And t- to me if they score early in the first. And when I'm saying it's first seven to eight minutes, that place is going to go forget it. The roof, it's going to, it's the roof is going to get blown into Saskatchewan. Like it's going to be, or, or whatever's North. I think it's Saskatchewan. It's, 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 it's going to be out of control. And so I, I'm very excited to see what happens. I love North Dakota value as a home underdog in this series. If you really believe North Dakota is back or is on the way back, then this is a no-brainer to me. And truthfully, I don't love the Gophers as the number one team. I told you that before. I I I said that I had Boston College as my as my number one team. I look, they're three and they're they're two and oh, they They're they're number one. They're number one because BU lost, but. I don't know. It's just something early in the season that that St. Thomas series. I, I don't know. I just, I North Dakota just feels right right now for me. Might not feel right in March, but it feels right right now.
2: I, uh, I have to argue with one thing you said there about the first goal. And I get it. You, you're, I, I think what you're referencing is if North Dakota scores first, yeah, the place is going to go nuts and it's going to maybe spiral out of control. But if you've watched North Dakota and Minnesota play, they can score 13 goals in a game. It doesn't matter. And they might be five or six or seven lead changes. Like this is a, a, this is going to be a back and forth. I don't think it's who scores first. It might be who scores last. And how many of these games have we seen come down to that final second? Um, There was a frozen four game somewhere, in Chicago, maybe. Where these two teams? am I right Ed? You, you have the better memory than I do, but these two teams played right down to the buzzer in a in a frozen four matchup. I mean, like th- those types of games exist out there. And that's what I look at this as. And I would blow this six and a half. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's only six over under. I'd blow the roof off that. this This game is going to be seven to five to me. This is, might be a, a massively high scoring game. If they were 3-3 at the end of the first, I wouldn't be surprised.
3: I'm, I'm going to argue a point back on you real quick, and it's because I just pulled it up, and now I'm going to do something silly and let facts stand in the way of a good time. Over-under is six. The last uh, meetings here, uh, dating back last year in Minneapolis, one hit, one didn't. The first game did not hit six. It was, uh, it was an overtime 3-2 win for, for uh, Minnesota. Five goals the year before in Grand Forks. Six, five, and six were the two totals. Five, one was the was the Minnesota win on Friday. So the last two Fridays, if this were five and a half, that'd probably be be perfect. But majority of these games dating back uh, ten years or six, seven years or so, they uh, they didn't hit on a six. And so I know I know what you're saying, but I I I don't like the over on a Friday.
2: Was I right about Chicago 2017 though? Or
3: 2017. April. would have been lost. Um It wasn't Chicago in 17 all time series. Last 10. I got the, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at notes from, from North Dakota real quick. Or so uh,
2: I, maybe I, I, my, my frozen was, was the, gotten mixed up.
3: There's the hockey hall of fame game from Vegas in 18. That was three, one. And then there was the nine, three win uh, in 2019 in Minneapolis, which Now that I've mentioned it, a couple of Minnesota fans did indeed shut the podcast off and curse me for bringing that up. I remember that game. I watched that game and I think it got to six and I started giggling because I was like, oh, there's going to be angry people tomorrow.
1: Well, a few points here. First of all, if you go straight north from Grand Forks, you hit Manitoba. Western North Dakota is south of Saskatchewan. So there's one. So the roof will land somewhere (laughs) between uh, the border and Calgary. Okay. Okay. I'm just happy.
3: I'm just happy that I got somewhere near geography, right? That because I was referencing something that doesn't exist inside the mass. There you pipe. go. So, okay, so this is, it's a mirror. It is a Christmas season miracle. Two months So early. And
1: the next point, poll voters really love North Dakota so far, but I don't think we know a whole lot about how good they're going to be or how not good they're going to be. And I think they're going to be pretty good. Two wins, uh, seven, two over army, two, nothing over Wisconsin. Uh, going into this, but North Dakota has 14 new players on the roster, seven freshmen, seven transfers, and all eight defensemen are new. So, and the goaltender is new. So they're still trying to figure out some of that. We'll see how that looks. Meanwhile, Minnesota, if there are some injuries or some illnesses that keep players out, we don't really know much about them. It took overtime, as you mentioned, uh, in the first game against St. Thomas and a comeback the next night, three to nothing. Um. We probably know more about Minnesota than we know about North Dakota. Isn't there a little bit of uncertainty there for the fighting Hawks?
3: I think so. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. I, I think yeah. I I do think that voters tend to wanna put North Dakota like make it look like North Dakota. I mean, say North Dakota's back. Like, look at me. I'm sitting here saying, Boy, I really want North Dakota to be back. Like I want I want the the energy that comes when North Dakota's in there because it's it's you want that to happen. So you tend to to kind of gloss over your eyes when you look at them and put them in there. Um, I do think the uncertainty compared to Minnesota is maybe a little different in a sense that even with returnees versus non-returnees or whatever it is, every year is different. And so far, Minnesota hasn't shown me much to get me the same excited about, about Minnesota. Maybe it's because I'm used to seeing the Gophers do good things on the ice. I don't know, but um, uh, I just don't have that same excitement for them right now. Again, it's all about right now. We're only, what, one or two weeks into the season.
1: Summing this one up, take the over, Jim says, take the under, Dan says. Uh,
2: You know, and and I'll tell you, I just, I had to look it back up and reference uh, as bad as my, well, as good as I thought my mind used to be, 2014 was that last second win, and the final score of that game was two to one. I thought it was six to five, but it was two to one, uh, Minnesota over North Dakota in the national semifinal. So maybe, maybe there's not always a ton of goals in this series. Um, I still like
1: more than. And that six was Philadelphia, one. not Chicago.
2: It was Philadelphia, not Chicago. Someplace in the Midwest. Midwest for us Easterners, that's the Midwest. <laughs>
1: that's east of where I live, and I live in the east anyway. Uh, so Dan, you're taking uh, North Dakota as a home underdog.
3: Absolutely. This is my, how can you bet against the home underdog? And this is where that comes into play. Uh, I won't do it with Providence. I will do it with, uh, with North Dakota. How can you bet against the home underdog in this one? And I'm sure you could say, well, cause it's number one team in the country and Minnesota's pretty darn good, but man, you talk about that. I just, I am, I am all in. I can't wait to be so wrong next week. This is going to be awesome.
2: Yeah. And we go back to last week. And when we really come down to it, I don't know what we were combined. If you want to combine the two of us, we were at best three and 10. <laughs> no, oh, we were, we were hot, hot garbage, <laughs> hot garbage last week. So no, please don't listen to everything we say on this podcast. I, I, and I, I am definitely going North Dakota here too as home underdog.
1: Yeah. I, I like North Dakota in this one as well. And I think with that, we've had quite the long chat today. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend. For Jim Conley, for Dan Rubin, I'm Ed Trefsker, and this has been
0: USCHO Edge. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import Chicago, Illinois.